The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome to the show again. It's currently about 2.40 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, January 24th. Here we are. Uh, we had uh, an LCK and an LPL slate this morning. We ended up plus .558 units on the day. Really, really strange betting day. Uh, lost both our kill spreads despite one of those big underdogs getting home in the LCK. We're going to touch on that in just a second, but um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just go right into the recap. I don't know why I set that up that way, but whatever. Uh, Fear X against Hamwa. Really, really frustrating game one. Uh, really even game. It was just like more of the same from Hanwa. They, I'm convinced this team just like mind controls their opponents to make the most egregious unforced errors that are possible. And it happens seemingly every series at least a couple times. I mean, ultimately, they can only really take what opponents give them. I just get frustrated at the fact that they don't even seem remotely interested in attempting to engineer their own advantages in most games. They just kind of wait around for their opponents to screw up. And to me, like, it's the same thing we saw last year. They're never going to improve playing that way. Like, they're already very good at that. They don't need to keep doing that. They need to start pushing their boundaries, learning new things, expanding their, like, trying to make progress, right? Um, they're just never going to improve this way, and it, it's so frustrating because this roster is like world class. They should be competing for a world championship. I just don't ever see them beating T1 or Gen G playing this way. Like you, you can't just sit back and wait for your opponents to make mistakes. And it, they're they are like a super. They're like 2022 FlyQuest on steroids. I liked that team because that team knew they were never going to win a world championship or anything. They were going to try to win the LCS and you know have some fun going to worlds, right? This is a team that's got players. This this team should be challenging for a world championship with this roster. You got guys all in their prime. This is a ridiculous roster. And it's just going to be more of the same thing we saw last year where they, they, they're just content. I, I don't know. It's it's really early. This is only the third series. This could change. But it just it's frustrating to see like a bunch of Formula 1 drivers like this wasted and like not ever given a car to race. You know, I don't know. Um we're going to bet on them against the bottom half. It doesn't seem to matter how much you have to overpay for it. Their opponents will just find a way to lose to them because they are pretty fundamentally sound. They just are not pressing. They're not creating and engineering. They just wait for opponents to screw up. Unfortunately, the bottom part of the LCK is just going to screw up a lot, so they're just going to keep doing this. And like, if they don't, I don't know, maybe it changes, but just fade them against T1 and Gen G and bet on them to sweep in the other ones. Next up, we had Kwangdong against KT Rolster. This was a wild one. Um, we got a really surprising starting roster announcement for uh, Kwangdong. Uh, Bull, who's been playing in Academy and Challengers for the better part of like four years now. Three years? No, he was started in 2020, I believe. Um, he's been with a couple different organizations, you know, by eSports Developmental Prospect, you know, 
age, he's old. He's he's almost 21. And he's never gotten a chance to play in the LCK. So they actually announced that he was starting. I kind of just assumed Taeyun was sick or something, but and maybe they were just like giving a nod to this entrenched challenger player who's been grinding for 3 or 4 years and has just never gotten a chance to play in the LCK. But um so he gets the start. We'll we'll have to keep an eye on Kwangdong matches moving forward because Taeyun maybe he was just sick or something or I don't know. Anyway. Game 1 super bizarre. 880 carry bans total in the ban pick phase. And yet KT Rolster let Bull get his most played 80 carry, which is Aphelios in the second portion of picks and bans. Usually when you see something like that, they still left counter pick up for Barrel. I figured they were maybe trying to set up some kind of really weird counter pick. And it, but it was just odd. I was like, why waste all these bans if you're just gonna let him have his most comfortable anyway? Maybe it was just a pure bait, but so it, maybe it was, but they ended up playing Senna Orn, which I don't know. Maybe somebody that's higher level can tell me like if that's just like nightmare fuel for Aphelios, but like I would think it's not actually that bad. Like there's worse counters to deal with. Um anyway. Doesn't seem like he can pressure enough. Aphelios should be able to get farm, but I don't know. This game was scrappy, really, really back and forth. Uh KT just had better coordination in the mid game transition moments, you know, so um, they ended up taking this one out, mostly just off of pickoffs and stuff like that. The second game, KT kind of, it looked like KT was like trying to lean into the fact that they had a better transition game. So they ended up taking Nocturne, which is so, uh, like one of the best ways you can punish teams that struggle in transitional stuff. Um, also got Sihui again for Barrel in game two. This game got super, super scrappy because you had Nocturne on one side and then you had Rumble Jin on the other side. And both those sets of champions on either side of the map definitely want just to force action early as often as possible. Early part of this game didn't look particularly great for Kwangdong. They had a couple minor mishaps, especially in the bottom lane. Nothing major, but a few nice plays from Bulldog's Azir. A couple nice pickoffs on various KT members around objectives. Um... KT not really getting much off their first few Nocturnal ultimates kind of is a lot like getting not getting much off your Twisted Fate ultimates. Kind of just falls off really hard. Bulldog ended up getting a massive, massive amount of damage down the next few dragon fights with his Azir, which made it really easy for Bull to clean up with the Jin ultimate. Um, was really, really cool seeing that Kwangdai knew exactly what to do with their team. Like, they weren't just laying back and, like, getting rolled over. They knew they had to press and keep pushing their advantages and keep just pressing their R buttons essentially like on cooldown. Um, it was nice to see them confident enough to do that because that's something this team has struggled with in the past. Game three was just kind of a shit show from the big, from the get-go. Um, 3v3 level one in KT's bot tribush. Bulldog picked up the first blood on Corky. Um, lane phase ended up being a little weird. Bull and Andal had a couple really goofy mistakes, but... They did end up picking up multiple kills in the bottom lane between that and the first and second dragon fights. Bull, uh, the first dragon fight, not the second dragon fight. Bull was like 4-0 and 1 in the first nine minutes of this game against a Draven. Death died like two, two or three times, and this game was essentially over once the carry was dead. That many, like once you take Draven out of a game, it's it's pretty brutal for him to come back. Um, and you had a Fed Callista to just continue forcing the issue. Uh, KDF were never really in threat of losing this game after that, so it took a little while, but eventually they got Hextech Soul closed it out, and that was it. Bull looked super confident in his LCK debut. Um, I have to be honest with you, like, so I actually watched some LCK challengers when I have the time to, 
and I've probably seen him in games and just not paid any mind to it because he's not a player I specifically had been watching for a long time. Apparently, he's extremely vocal on comms, and you actually saw that on the broadcast today. Uh, and apparently, this is something he's he's known for in Challenger. has a lot of strong opinions, really, really strong, dominant voice. Um, was actually, like, mixing it up with CV Max during drafts, too, which was really interesting. Um this team straight up just looked more confident in their decisions in game. And that's something they've struggled mightily with in the past year or so. I think bull might end up getting a shot to take this starting job. And it wouldn't shock me to see him get another shot at this like next match or something. Uh, KDF looked invigorated. I mean, you're going to look that way anytime you break a 12 match losing streak, but this team looked pretty good. They looked a lot more confident. I think there's a chance Bull might be the starter, so we're going to have to monitor starting lineups for them moving forward. In the LPL, we had uh, LGD Gaming against Ninjas in Pajamas. This was a just a wild and wacky game one. This is like one of those games where it seems like nobody really wanted to win. Another just goofy 2013 LCK-style game with a lot of posturing, no actual kills. Even gold, very few kills through the first like 30 minutes or so, became all about Dragon Souls. And in the late game, each team just took turns throwing, getting picked off, being uncoordinated in team fights. Eventually, Ninjas got there, but this was honestly pretty lucky to get home. I thought I, I there was like three or four times in this game where I was like, oh, that's it, they're done. But um, LGD just lack. I don't know, we'll talk about that in a minute. Game two is pretty close in goal, but LGD were making all the errors through the opening like 15 minutes or so so you know nip were able to stack dragons from that eventually blew this game open when lgd had to like they like botched an approach they were like real disjointed on approach to contest the soul po- or the soul dragon and from there nip just blew this game open and it was done lgd had moments where they looked pretty good in this series but ultimately just looked really disjointed when it came to actually approaching objectives and actually team fighting which is something to keep an eye on. If that remains consistent, then they're probably going to struggle big time in the LPL because that's the entire game there. Um, NIP weren't as clean as I thought they'd be, but this is a pretty new roster. A lot of new pieces. Uh, it was really weird. I, I thought Rookie had one of the weaker series I think I've ever seen him have. Uh, I mean, he had like arguably the game-winning playing game too, but still, this was like not a good series from him. It was very bizarre, but, you know. Even the guy's been a pro for 10 years. He's going to have a stinker, I guess, at some point. Another thing to monitor, though, like if he ends up not being a thing, that's a problem for this outlook for this team. Still early, first series for them, so we'll see. Invictus versus Ultra Prime. Um, similar game to what we've been seeing, like with these longer, like kind of even through the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so um, in game one except the early posturing in this one kind of ended up in some... It ended up in scraps that actually resulted in kills for a change. Um, you should know me already farming highlight real plays in 2024 on Jax. You, you love to see it. Guy's an absolute savage. I They need to get this guy on a good team. Um, relatively close game through about 20 minutes, like I said. But once IG took control and picked up a few Infernal Drakes, this one was essentially over... They did kind of struggle to close this game. It took a long time. They actually ended up dying in the base a couple times, but they did eventually get there. Game two started off just a super, super cheeky bot lane cheese by Tianzhen, and he kind of just blew this bot lane open from, like, the four-minute mark, and that was it. So 
once bot was blown open, they were able to get a freeze on that wave. They got both kills and were able to get a freeze on the wave. It was over. Like, that's it. Um, the first dragon fight, or the, the setup for the first dragon fight, Kryon had just a filthy three-man zero ultimate right at level six. And it was just one-way traffic from that point forward. Well... It seemed like it anyway. It should have been. This game was this game was essentially over. But Invictus, I, I don't. It looked like they got a little cocky. I guess I don't know. But they let Ultra Prime back into this game to a point where it actually got back to even gold for the third and fourth dragons. And then Baron had to be contested at relatively even gold. And they had Lee Sin on their team, so you know they were at threat of being outscaled in this game so they had to keep their foot on the on the gas and this is the kind of game where like you could see them lose because they have to press even though they had a lead like if you're a tempo based team or you have the you have one champion on your team that's particularly weak or late sometimes you have to keep forcing even though you've given up a lot of your lead so that's what they had to do here. It's, it took some really aggressive looking approaches through the later mid game but they did manage to outplay and eventually get this game home um, takeaway from this one for me was Invictus might be like a kill total over team if they remain this sloppy closing. Um, they're willing to scrap early. They're super confident. The only reservation I'd have about playing them as an over team just blind is that you should know me. Split pushing could be a thing eventually, but I don't know if that's really going to come up very much um, in the current metagame. So anyway, yeah, plus... 0.558 units on the day. Really weird. We we didn't cover the kill spreads in because both the LCK dogs lost their game ones, but Kwangdong ended up winning the series. That doesn't happen very often when you're when you're doing like the the one map kill spread kind of thing, but yeah, it happened today. Things happen. All right, moving on to the Thursday morning slate. We have a four-match slate between the LPL and LCK. The first match in the LPL we have is Weibo Gaming, minus 305 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 102, against Rare Adam, plus 239, the plus 1.5 maps at minus 124, and the Underdog Sweep, minus 1.5 maps at plus 551. Weibo running ZDZ or ZDZ or whatever they end up pronouncing it as. I think it's – we're just going to call them ZDZ. Uh, ZDZ, Zhao Hao, Zhao Hu, Light, and Crisp. Um, keeping the bot trio from the World Championship run and swapping top because they lost Weiwei and the Shy. Uh, ZDZ kind of, I don't want to say a similar player to the Shy, but more of a carry top player. He can do a little bit of everything. I think he's he's finally getting a shot on, this is the best lineup he's ever gotten a chance to play on, so that's going to be interesting to see. Zhao Hao is, for those that don't know, Zhao Hao is like just, I don't want to call him like a, like a dirty coin flipper, but my man is aggressive and willing to, willing to, he's a, he's a risk taker for sure. And he's willing to win or lose games in the first five or 10 minutes. And he has no reservations about that whatsoever. Very, very interesting switch up for Weibo here because Weiwei, like, I don't know if you could find a jungler that's more the opposite than Zhao Hao than Weiwei is. So, going to be interesting to see. Perhaps a little bit more proactive early in games. Um, this is still a very, very good lineup. Rare Adam, on the other hand. Oh, boy. Uh, Xiaoshu, Nayu, who I don't really know much about. Uh, Vikla, Asum, and Zora. I kind of... Um, Vikla coming uh, from LCK 
KT and LCK over to the LCS last split and is now in the LPL with Rare Adam. Um, straight up, like I, I kind of mentioned this yesterday, but this Rare Adam lineup just doesn't do it for me. And I've been like the biggest Rare, uh, Rare Adam have made me a ton of money over the last three years because they're just always underrated by the market for whatever reason. But I am not seeing it with this team because they got rid of their best player. Leon was the best player. And I, as much as people like to bash on Cube, like the combination of him and Leon working together was such a stable presence for this team. And they were always well coached and they changed that up too. So I am, I'm really, really bearish on Rare Adam. I think there's a chance they could be the worst team in the league. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Weibo reworks lineup. Day one, you don't usually like seeing these big prices, but like, give me, give me Jahu Light and Crisp in this meta. Like, I just like I'm not gonna get too cute with this. I, I'm almost willing to like double stake wave a money line in this one, but what we're gonna do is I'm I'm just gonna end up playing the minus 1.5 maps at plus 102 for one unit. So that's my play in this one. Contemplated playing a kill total under. But Zhao Hao tends to kind of make games go nuclear early, so I would lean over. But, you know, given the current meta, like, it's leaning unders anyway, so, like, kind of balances out for me. I'm just going to pass on the total on this one. Next up, we have LNG Esports, minus 331 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps is at plus 103. Against Thunder Talk Gaming, plus 257, the plus 1.5 maps at minus 124, and the minus 1.5 at plus 512. LNG running out Zika, Weiwei, Scout, Gala, and Mark for this one. So obviously switched up Tarzan for Weiwei. Also switched from um, Poppy at coach to Crescent. Uh, two guys both been in the LPL a long time. Uh, different styles though. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how he interprets this roster. But a lot of people would consider this a downgrade. I wouldn't fault people for thinking that. But I still think that it's... I don't know. Weiwei and Tarzan are very different players. I think Weiwei isn't nearly as he's not as he's not that much worse than Tarzan. I think people might think Tarzan's significantly better, but I I think they're pretty close to even. I really like this LNG lineup. Their their biggest problem last year was kind of the same with the Hamwa issue, where they I mean, they weren't quite as extreme in a case as Hamwa, where eventually they did actually start pressing and trying to push advantages early, but. They kind of struggled to. They were a little slow to adapt. Is was their biggest. That was that ended up being their downfall at Worlds too. They were just really, really slow to adapt. So, um, see if that changes a little bit. Thunder Talk um, running back a lot of the same players. They brought in a couple of new pieces. Uh, added Chocho to the mix, and they're switching from No Name and Along and his crew to uh, Changzi, uh, and they kept part of the coaching staff from before. Um, Hoya and Beishuan, very, very good. Yukal found the Fountain of Youth because he was excellent last year. And I did not think I'd be saying that because it was starting to look like he might be seeing the end. But he was outstanding last year. This TT team is another team that made us a lot of money. They're a team that has the perception of being a very bad team. But they always seem to overperform market expectations. So, you know, we were pretty early and made a good amount of money on them. Don't think this team has like league winning upside, but they are a good team. Um, a lot of continuity, newer coaching staff. The thing is, they 
they had a couple competitive games against the good teams last year, but they were more of a we are going to beat the worst teams kind of team. Not quite a gatekeeper, but sort of. I just think LNG are a class better than them by a good chunk. And I think most importantly, like right now, the bot lane meta matters a lot. Like having the better bot lane matters, and Gal and Mark are just a lot better than 1XN and Chocho. So I don't know. We'll see. I, th- I actually think the top side of the map is surprisingly close to even. Um, I mentioned in the Outright article, like LNG got an all-world performance from Scout last season. Scout was probably the best player in the world all like over the course of the entire year. He was probably the best individual player in the world last year. Not sure if he's going to repeat that or not. That'd be pretty ridiculous if he did. But Scout's extremely good, so it wouldn't shock me either. Um, I I don't know. I just think, like, so, like, TT tend to win series where they can out-leverage their better top side. That's the way they were last year. I think that's harder to do in the current meta. So I like LNG quite a bit here. This is another one where it's, like, t- you know, take the chalky favorite, and I'm just going to end up doing that here as well. Uh, I'm going to play LNG minus one and a half maps at plus 103. I'm also going to play a money line parlay of Weibo and LNG. That comes out at minus 137. I'm going to put 1.37 units on it. A little bit aggressive for week one. There's a chance these teams look a little sluggish. It's a little hairy doing this before the Chinese New Year because sometimes a lot of these teams mail it in. But I think these are good enough prices that we should be getting in on these these chalkier teams. So, yeah. Um, again, LNG minus 1.5 maps at plus 103. Uh, Weibo minus 1.5 maps at plus 102. And a money line parlay for the two of them at minus 137 for 1.37 units. I'm not going to make this an official play, but if you really want to get saucy, you could do a double sweep parlay too. But I'm just going to play the money lines. All right, next up we have the LCK for Thursday morning. We have uh, two extremely chalky favorites here, uh, two top of the table versus bottom of the table matchups. We have D plus Kia minus 1085 or 1085 minus 1.5 maps at minus 235 against Nongshim Redforth, the Noodle Boys, plus 685, plus 1.5 maps at plus 189, the minus 1.5 at plus 1414. So this is... A really, really heavy-handed price for D-plus, given what we've seen so far and given their history last year of how they deal with teams that are worse than them. D-plus are kind of a team that lets some of these teams hang around. They don't try to... They will once in a while blow games open early, but that was a lot based on Canyon. I'm not sure if they're going to be functioning the same way. So far, it's been a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, They just have a weird habit of, like, not playing, they, they they do kind of play down. They play down to their opponents a little bit, I guess is the best way to put it. They usually win these matches, but it's not nearly as dominant as it as you would think it is. Take it with a grain of salt, small sample, but the models for this made the, for me, made this like, you know, minus 200 to minus 250, depending on what you want to weight. So this is like super heavy handed. You would actually, you would think this is just like a slam dunk Nongshim bet. I'm I'm holding back on that because if you look at if you look at Nongshim's games, like in three of their four games, they were down three of the biggest gold deficits that we've seen in the LCK so far this season in three of their four games. They won one of those games. So like if you like they won the game they were they were down like almost five thousand gold against DRX and ended up pulling that one back. Their second game they were like basically even in gold against DRX and ended up winning that. Both games against Gen G were like two of the biggest blowouts we've seen in the LCK so far this season. Now Gen G is very good. D plus might not be quite as good, but 
it's the same kind of ballpark, right? And that's that's all you're really looking for here. So I, you know, they have two wins. I, I think Nolan are probably still awful. Like I think they're probably still the worst or second worst team in the league. And you know, they have some things going for them, but I I'm not gonna be messing with this one. So I didn't have any plays. I lean I would lean to the D plus minus one and a half maps, just like lay the chalk, overpay for it or whatever. But I didn't end up playing it. I also like the un- I lean to the under twenty point five kills, but that's like really really thin margins. But D plus do tend to play slower against these worst teams. I'd also kind of lean to the towers under twelve and a half, but I- I'm just gonna wait and see. I don't know if D plus is. I don't know. We'll see. Not playing any anything in this one. The second LCK match for tomorrow is OK Brion Savings Bank plus twelve seventy three on the money line plus one point five maps is at plus three twenty six minus one point five is at plus three thousand one hundred and two against Gen G minus twenty five uh, twenty five thirteen two thousand five hundred thirteen on the money line minus one point five maps at minus four thirty six. My oh my, the old ten thousand minus ten thousand equivalent. Um, the old, please don't put money on this. Um, so here's the thing with this, right? When you have, for those of you that are new to this or new to seeing big money lines like this, uh, maybe you're coming from like football or basketball, like a spread sport or something like that. This is closer like boxing where a lot of the time it is actually reasonably priced, but it's usually a little bit over overdone for the favorite because that the way they have to price it. They have to price it that way to stop people from playing the sweep and putting the sweep in parlays and all that. So, um, this is this is a massive number, and the fact is, like, upsets happen, especially you know in these leagues. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> Brion Brion do this thing like once or twice a split, where they just like turn into 2020 damn one for like one series and they just go absolutely bananas. Like they turn into a a fucking werewolf and go nuts on somebody. And then they just like, I can't, I forget how I put it in the Patreon post, but then they like, they eventually like, they just turn back into a pumpkin immediately afterwards and they suck again. I actually think this Brion team is probably worse than the the last two years, like previous iterations we've seen from them. They they have a chance to be the worst team. I think them and Nogsham are probably your two worst teams, and they might be a couple of everyone else. Um, the thing is, like this is a huge price. Like you're getting almost you're you're getting more than three to one for them to take a map here. Um, you can play kill spreads if you want. I'm not gonna mess with it. I, I've just been roasted playing underdog underdogs in the LCK, it's probably just a chalk fest. Gen G probably just completely destroy them and it's there's nothing to be said about this match tomorrow. Don't don't play the Gen G side of this. Like don't lay the minus four thirty six to sweep or the money line. Don't even put it in parlays because Brion do don't overexpose yourself to this because like I said, Brion for like one or two matches a split, they just go nuts. It and they've always done that for whatever reason. I think a lot of it had to do with Umti, but it's it gives me enough reason for pause to not want to mess with going over overboard on Gen G here. Um, Brion probably a nice DFS play, but yeah, I don't know. I I would lean under map one under twenty eight minutes. Kill totals over twenty one and a half kills. Lean 
and I'd lean under 12 and a half uh, towers, but I, I didn't end up playing anything in either of the LCK matches tomorrow. So, yeah, just to recap our plays for the day, nothing in the LCK matches tomorrow, just a couple leans. In the LPL, we played Weibo minus 1.5 maps at plus 102 for one unit. We played LNG minus 1.5 maps at plus 103 for one unit. And then we did a money line parlay with Weibo and LNG money lines at minus 137 for 1.37 units. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, if you want an invite to the Esports Department Discord, DM me on Twitter or shoot me a message on Patreon. I will get you a link. I just try to keep links off the websites to avoid the bots and everything. So if you want... Um, in on our little our little clubhouse our little hangout uh let me know other than that i will see you tomorrow and i hope everyone has a good one